everyone, and welcome to Coffee Connections. My name is Seth Weiner, and I am your rocktioneer, and you're tuned in to Coffee Connections Insights from innovators here in the Atlanta area in our nonprofit world. Uh, and this is episode 50. Yeah, I can't believe it. We're nearing a year that I started doing this. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll come up with a compilation or something to share with everyone. But you can always go to coffeeconnections.live to view or listen to any and all of the episodes. Uh, we've covered a lot of grounds. I mean, everything from schools to uh, diseases to uh, religious organizations and everything in between. Um, so uh, super excited with what content we've gained and um, and really all the insights. It, everyone's got such a wonderful story. Uh, so definitely go back and listen to a couple. If you're a nonprofit, you're always going to listen. You're going to get a nugget out of every single episode because everyone has a different thing to share. Uh, and again, of course, everyone's stories are it, it's, it's not just the missions that they do, but what brought them to do those missions that, that, that really I find to be interesting. Uh, and today's no different than that. So let me actually jump into today's program for you all. Uh, today on Coffee Connections, we've got Matthew Piper from Open Hand Atlanta. Now, Matt is the executive director for Open Hand Atlanta, which is a community-driven nonprofit organization that provides nutritious and medically appropriate meals, nutrition, education, and counseling to those challenged by chronic disease or disability. Uh, they provide services in over 40 Georgia counties, and Matt serves as co-chair of the Board of Advisors for the Food is Medicine Coalition, FIMC, and is the president of Meals on Wheels Association of Georgia, which, by the way, my father gets Meals on Wheels in Florida, so very much appreciate that program. <laughs> um, he's, he's, he's very very, very involved in a lot of different community stuff here in our area. Uh, and one of those things, he actually serves on the board of the directors for the Rotary Club of Buckhead. Uh, in 2016 and 2017, he was listed in the Atlanta Business Chronicle as one of the top 50 influential nonprofit leaders in Atlanta. So please join me in welcoming Matt to our program. Let's uh, go ahead and bring you in there. Hey, Matt. Hey, Seth. What's going on? Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. Thanks so much for taking your time and joining us today. Um, I got to ask you though, we're uh, food, food, food. But are you a coffee drinker? <laughs> right here, man. Right here. <laughs> oh, what you got? Let's take a look at this mug. So this is the mug from the Foodist Medicine Coalition that you mentioned. These are agencies that across the country that look very much like Open Hand. In fact, we all were founded about the same time. We all were originally founded to provide meals to men and women who were dying of AIDS. Uh, oh, wow. And so it's a rich legacy. Each of us of our organizations has expanded our mission to provide access to other communities. Um, and we all aspire to the same nutritional standards, to the same level of service. And we all follow that philosophy that food truly is medicine. Right. And so yeah. so proud of this coalition and all my colleagues across the country and uh, love to enjoy my coffee in this mug every day. Now, before we talk about everything else, let's talk about coffee. Let's get down to the bean here. Uh, how do you drink your coffee? Are you a drip? Are you a, are you a press? Are you a, no, I give you $5 and put it in my cup for me? What are you? So I'm a cheap coffee person. It's just the good old off-the-store shelf. Um, no gourmet for me. I just put it, you know, whatever's on sale. If it's got caffeine, I'm good with it. So. Okay. All right. Uh, a little cream, a little coffee? sugar. We're good. Oh, so cream, not like uh, soy or almond. You're like, just give me the real deal. I'll I'll do almond. 
but uh, I only I will say I only drink two cups a day, so I do limit it. Uh-huh. But I, I I grew up on cream, and so uh, it's it's one it's one of my uh, guilty pleasures. Yeah, and uh, any favorite coffee shops here in Atlanta? Well, we love uh, Common Grounds um, oh, yeah. for all the work that they do for the social impact space, and can't say enough great things about them. Um, Starbucks has been our champion here at Open Hand Atlanta, so I got to give a plug for them. Uh, so those are two that, that come to mind. All right. Well, I'm going to hand the mic over to you and the video to you so you can go ahead and tell everyone about Open Hand. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I love to talk about Open Hand, as, as you can imagine. Um, proud history, proud legacy. We've been around for 33 years now. That's 33 years of community service. We come from really humble grassroots and noble uh, legacy and founding. We were founded by a man named Michael Edwards, who continues to be a great supporter and a good friend. And he was really despondent back in the height and the darkest days of the AIDS pandemic, right? So the other pandemic. Um, And there were no treatments at the time. And he had many friends, as, as, as his friends had many friends who were dying. And oftentimes these individuals were ostracized and isolated. And Michael said, this can't be, we've got to be, do better as a community. And a group of his friends got together and began preparing meals first out of his home kitchen. And then as word got out, uh, it was clear that the home kitchen wasn't going to cut it. He found space in a church kitchen, uh, St. Bartholomew's on La Vista Road. They, as part of their AIDS ministry, provided the space. Um, and a nutrition agency was born. It was called Project Open Hand back then. And for, you know, 15 clients turned into 100 clients, turned into 200, turned into 1,000 clients who were, who were dying of HIV and AIDS. And the group that Michael founded, all these volunteers, eventually turned into thousands of volunteers who heard the call for service. And from those noble um, noble founding, and from that wonderful gesture, a nutrition agency was born. And we've, you know, quadrupled in size and impact, and we've expanded our mission. In fact, about 25 years ago, leaders from the Atlanta Regional Commission, a planning agency here in Metro Atlanta, came to my predecessor and said, um, we love your model. You've got all these volunteers. By this point, we had built a commercial kitchen we have a, a fleet of refrigerated vehicles. Would you consider expanding your mission to begin serving all of the seniors in our community who need healthier options and who are under siege by diabetes, right? So diabetes was really coming on the landscape in terms of uh, the epidemic proportions you know, that we were seeing across our country. And so my predecessor, Stephen Woods, being a very visionary man, said, yeah, we'll take on this challenge. That's what Open Hand's all about. Um, but we won't do it in the traditional community-based way of meal delivery. We're going to really focus on the quality of meals and the nutritional standards of meals. What we were feeding people in a community-based setting oftentimes is contributing to their health challenges rather than helping. So we we said, yes, we'll take on this challenge, but we're going to do it in a way where we look at the quality of the meals and the nutritional standards. So no more processed food. And let's limit, if in fact, a limit, eliminate 
canned foods. There's too much sodium. Let's figure out how we can make our spaghetti sauce with real tomatoes and then season it with herbs so it tastes delicious, but doesn't have the sodium that is causing us, all of us, health challenges, right? So super healthy meals that now exceed or meet or exceed nutritional standards set by the American Heart Association, the American Diabetes Association, the USDA, just to name a few. But it wasn't just the meals that we revamped and the menus. We also said, let's help people understand the connection between really good food, really healthy food, and positive health outcomes. Um, and from that noble beginning of the food is medicine philosophy, it really has transformed what Open Hand Atlanta has become today. You know, we get that the services that we provide are more expensive than what you typically find in a community-based setting. But we also know that in the long run, we save our community a lot of money because if we're feeding people the right kinds of food, we can help people, seniors in particular, live longer in their homes, which in most cases where they want to live. We can help reduce hospital stays and we can certainly help reduce hospital readmissions, which end up costing taxpayers thousands and thousands of dollars. The, the main reason for doing this is because it's the right thing to do. We can help people who need a hand up and who are struggling with chronic health conditions. We can help them either overcome that chronic health condition or at least better manage it with the right kind of food and the right kind of education. And that philosophy, that food is medicine philosophy, has helped Open Hand grow to be the largest provider of home delivered meals and nutrition education in the Southeast and one of the largest in the country. We are so proud every day in our Midtown kitchen to cook and package up and deliver about 5,000 meals a day. And we're serving all of Metro Atlanta and even beyond Metro Atlanta. Um, and, and more and more, we're doing a lot of work in the rural areas where access to healthy foods is especially challenging. So in a nutshell, we're about really good food. We're about teaching people the connection between good food and good health. And we're about helping people live a better quality of life. That's wonderful. You know, you're talking about that at the end here. Um, you were talking about folks that don't have access to food or nutritional food, right? Nutritious food. That's a real deal. Like the, 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 they call it the food desert, right? Can you explain yeah. explain that a little bit to, to folks? Yeah. You know, as wealthy and as well-resourced as Metro Atlanta is, um, we have pockets of, and of communities all throughout Metro Atlanta that are considered food deserts. These are areas where food grocery stores don't exist. Um, and where access to healthy food other or food in general, other than fast food or perhaps the corner, corner market where burritos can be had and hot dogs, um, the, the level of access to food is uh, very low. And then these are oftentimes very poor communities who can't afford food and who can't travel. I mean, they, they might not own a car and their public transportation may not take them as far to where there are grocery stores three counties over and if they could get to that grocery store then they have to carry the groceries back to their homes and what often happens is that they go without 
Um, they don't know where their next meal is coming from. And we often say in this community, and, and my friends at the Atlanta Regional Commission are particularly champions of this message, which is in Atlanta, your zip code will define the length of life. You can have someone mm. who lives in the Buckhead area who will live 10 to 15 years longer than someone who lives in the Grove Park area, which is less than 15 minutes away, a different zip code. Uh, the lifespan is less. And if you wonder why, you need not look any further than the food supply and access to healthcare facilities. So yeah. food deserts are real, as you say, Seth. Yeah, no, it, it is. And then, you you know, you talk about, um, if you and you start thinking about like, well, why, why are why are there so much diabetes like and it's like well you know because people aren't eating healthy they don't have, and it's well we have to educate them well that's part of it but you can educate them but if they don't have the tools the the actual food to eat if you don't have fr fresh vegetables then you can't make fresh vegetables and you can and you're not going to um, you're so no. well said so well said you know back in the fifties uh, our country um, and all of us demanded fast food we wanted mm -hmm. it quick. We wanted it easy. We wanted to veer away from cooking. And that, you know, processed foods became introduced into our, our diets. Um, and today, it, it's sad that not many people actually cook at home anymore as a, yeah. as a regular staple, right? And so. Well, hopefully during COVID, they, they, they have people. I hope yeah. there was a shift. I mean, I know there's a shift for, right. for the amount of cooking I did. I, <laughs> but, and I'm not alone. So uh, I imagine well there's got to have been a shift. Well said. But you know, you, your point is well taken though about the, the education piece because not just diabetes, but you know, say someone is diagnosed with cancer yeah. and all of a sudden your doctor or the, the case manager or the nurse practitioner says, guess what? You've got to completely change your diet. That's incredibly intimidating. And frankly, most people fail. It's so hard to switch your eating habits and your lifestyle habits, and especially the older you get, even if you're mm -hmm. threatened with a, a life-threatening illness, right? But that's where nutrition education and the support that our registered dietitians, uh, what they bring to the table, because we're not going to let you fail. We're going to, you know, stand by you through the trajectory of your illness, and we're going to coach you on how to eat better. And if you fall off the wagon, we're going to get you back up on the wagon, right? And we're going to yeah. We're going to work on establishing goals for you that are realistic. You know, if your doctor says you need to take 50 pounds off, well, let's start with 10. And then once we take, help you take 10 pounds off, let's celebrate that. Or maybe your goal is you want to attend your granddaughter's wedding in six months. Well, that is a really legitimate goal and something very inspiring. So our registered dietitians write that down. And then we teach to that. How are you doing, Mrs. Jones? You know, how are, how are we coming along on your, your journey? And have you thought about this? And we actually use our meals here at Open Hand as teaching tools, right? So we have mm -hmm. nutrition nuggets that actually appear on the packaging. And then our registered dietitians will teach to that meal. They'll talk to, hey, Seth, the, the meal that you just delivered, it's a heart healthy meal. Do you know what makes it heart healthy? Do you know why these ingredients are more important than say the, you know, the macaroni and cheese that you used to eat? Um, so helping people make that connection, but also providing them with that support so they they don't feel alone and they don't That's feel right. so intimidated, right?
Yeah, and and let's be frank that you're also breaking habits. You're helping, you know, you're helping teach new habits really uh, with eating. Um, yeah, that's, that's a big thing. Yeah, we um so, we'll go to the extent of actually teaching people how to cook. So one of the mm -hmm. wonderful things we have here at Open Hand is a six week cooking class called oh, Cooking nice. Matters, nice. actually, and it's targeted to folks from low socioeconomic areas, but anybody can learn from these classes. We teach do you people- take, Do you take 85 year old men? Because my dad could use a little lesson. <laughs> we love uh, uh, working with 85 year old men, right? In fact, we'll oftentimes work with grandparents and their grandchildren together. So it becomes oh, a family nice. affair, right? Um, yeah. And that's all in your Midtown location? We actually, one of the beauty of our mission is we're very mobile and we will go teach wherever the need is. So we'll go out into the community. We'll go out into those food deserts mm -hmm. where transportation is a barrier. And we will teach these classes in community centers. We teach them at women, infant, and children clinics. We teach them at safety net clinics all throughout Metro oh, Atlanta wow. and nowadays in rural Georgia. So, you know, and it's not just the preparation of food. It's actually practical information about how to read a nutrition label. If something yeah, says yeah. it's low fat or low sodium, are they, is it, is that right? How do you know? And low compared to what it used to be, but it's still 400 you know, whatever. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, we'll teach people, we'll take them on virtual shopping uh, grocery store tours and teach them which uh -huh. aisles to shop on, right? So very practical okay. information, enjoyable. They form bonds that the class participants um, as funding allows, we'll actually have a graduation ceremony and provide them with groceries at the end of the class as an, a reward for um, having having graduated, and they'll be able to practice what they've learned in class. So I imagine like the program is like if I'm seeing this like a, a you know like like school levels like kindergarten, first grade, you know each one, but it right. starts in the center of the grocery store, and you work your way all the way to the out, <laughs> all yeah. the way to the outer outer sections. Don't even start in the center. Just avoid the center altogether, right? <laughs> now, you said that this is one of the largest, if not largest, meal programs in the state. I mean, and you're also involved with Meals and, Wheel, Meals and Wheels. Is that is it tied together in any way or is it totally separate? Yeah. So I love our colleagues in the Meals on Wheels environment, right? Because they're doing great work out there. Um, and... In, in many ways, we share similar values and that we're trying to help senior citizens and we're doing that through home delivered meal programs. Um, I will say that open hand is different. Um, not everybody is able to provide the level of nutrition that we do or the nutrition education that we do. But whatever we're learning at open hand, I want to impart that knowledge to my colleagues in the Meals on Wheels sector. And I want to, you know, that's the not-for-profit way. We're not trying to generate a profit here. So I don't view these individuals as anything but individuals who are trying their best on very limited dollars yeah. and whatever information that we can impart. And there's so many great ways that we can collaborate together and do collaborate together. We often spend time down at the state capitol, you know, together mm -hmm. talking about the importance of investing in home-delivered meal programs such as Open Hand or others that are in the state of Georgia. Or some of these Meals on Wheels programs don't produce their own meals. And so some of them contract with Open Hand Atlanta and we're their meal provider. And we can then make sure that their clients are getting the healthiest meals possible. Um, we just recently 
became the uh, meals provider for Madison County Senior Services, which is, that's about a two hour drive outside of Metro Atlanta. But now those seniors in that community will have access to truly healthy meals, just like the seniors in Oglethorpe County, which is beyond Athens, Georgia. Same scenario, the, uh, I hope their, their leadership will not mind me sharing this. The previous provider of meals for those two organizations didn't go over so well. And the seniors got together petitions to demand better food. And that's where Open Hand Atlanta came in. And, and you know, we're, we're proud to step up. Um, that, that really just makes me, oh, this is gonna be a pun, hungry to do more. You know, we wanna serve more <laughs> people um, and graduate them to our level of nutrition and understanding and deliciousness. Because if the food doesn't taste good, it doesn't matter how healthy it is, people aren't gonna eat it. And that's right, where- right, right, and that's, know, well, that's our, a fear though, that a lot of folks have that healthy isn't good. Oh, it doesn't, t- healthy, it doesn't, it doesn't taste good. Now, you know, put something green in front of, again, I'm gonna use my dad as an example, 85 year old man, recently lost his wife and, and you know, is on his own. And so programs like yours, now he's in Florida, but programs like yours are, are vital to him. And you know, he gets stuff and he's like, if it's green, he doesn't wanna look at it. And I'm like, you gotta eat your vegetables, man. Like you wanna live, you know? Uh, and with the, the amount of sodium that these frozen meals come in, it's great that he's got food, but I'm like, some of this stuff, I'm like, I, I, it's this isn't healthy, you know. Yeah. It's, to, yeah. it's serving a pr- purpose of getting him food, but it's it's not if it's not healthy. It's got too much sodium, then it you know that's that's not that's going to hurt him. It it and it will, and it is a it is a taste adjustment often, right? But mm-hmm. you know, I will say that we hire some amazingly talented cooks and chefs, and they are very very proud of their creativity. Talk a little and, bit about that. Where are these are these chefs like folks that own restaurants in our community, or are they just sh- you know chefs that are loaning their services? No, these these are uh, chefs that we hire and oh, okay. have been with us for a long time. Um, oftentimes, they they might come from the restaurant community, and we've got wonderful relationships with uh, the restaurant community here in Atlanta. But mm-hmm. they also might be graduating from cooking schools, and in fact, they may have interned in our kitchen, and that we're the ones who helped teach them. And show them the way, right? To especially proud when we can employ the underemployed, when we can teach people a really valuable skill and culinary skills where you can make a really good living. Because chefs and cooks, especially good ones, are really in demand these days. Huh. But our our chefs and our cooks, you know, they're the backbone of what we do because nothing comes out of our kitchen until they've signed off on it and it meets the standards that we have aspired to. Um, fresh food, you know, that's not processed and that's made from scratch, that gives us a leg up already. But we have debunked this, this stereotype that healthy food can't taste good. It, mm-hmm. it can be an adjustment in, in all reality, but that's also where the education becomes so important. You know, yeah. if you want to feel better, Mr. Jones or Mrs. Jones, you know, this is what's going to get you there. And I I love to share this story from one of our clients um, who we actually invited to come speak to our staff because she was so inspirational. She was 65 years old, uh, grossly overweight, had a heart condition and was really struggling with depression. She wasn't spending time with her grandchildren. She had to be in a wheelchair most of the time. She had uncontrollable diabetes. She graduated, she says she graduated to the open hand program and she began accessing our meals, working with our registered dietitians. 
She was on our program for about a year. She took off incredible number of pounds. We were able to get her diabetes into a controlled state. Um, she no longer had to be in a wheelchair. She could walk with a cane. And the thing that I wasn't prepared for, not necessarily something that we measure in terms of outcomes, but she said she, be, she realized that she began to think more clearly. Mm, she said yeah, the healthier yeah. food, she be, her brain synapses was, was being impacted. She'd always been an avid reader as a young woman. And so now she went back to reading books and it caused her and inspired her to go back to audit college classes. Oh, wow. Um, so she came and talked to my class and she had this loose jacket on and she stood in front of my staff and she said, she took off her jacket, threw it up in the air and sort of this Oprah Winfrey moment, right? And said, look at me, I'm fabulous and you guys helped us get there, right? And yeah. um, we don't have that kind of success with everybody, but man, sure. when we do, it just feels so great. She's empowered. And if someone like her, uh, before she transitioned, is looking for help, I imagine they go to openhandalanta.org? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a whole client services team uh -huh. that will um, help enroll people into our program, try and figure out what funding streams they might be eligible for to have, help supplement the cost right. of their, their meals. So that's uh, good to know. That was one of my questions. Is, is there, it's expensive, but is there funding to help people? There are federal funding streams out there. Um, you know, for folks who have HIV, there's the Ryan White program, which is, a, a you know, an act of Congress. Um, for senior citizens, many of our seniors that we serve are served through funds from the Older Americans Act. Again, a, a, an act of Congress. Um, for, for In the state of Georgia, we're a Medicaid waiver state. And for folks who have Medicaid waivers, those waivers can be used towards the purchase of home delivered meals but the and we're grateful for those funds but the reality is uh those funds don't cover the, the true cost of the level of service that we provide right, right. i mean i'm looking at this you've i mean what you've mentioned that you've got the educators you've got chefs you've got delivery people and not just in metro atlanta but two hours away you've got client services and i mean uh team onboarding team i mean that's a lot of people to that to feed <laughs> let alone everyone else they're feeding it's a big operation it's a big operation right but mm -hmm. you know the math equation serves us well yeah if we'll spend a little bit more money on the front end right to truly provide people with the meals that are going to empower them mm -hmm. to be used as tools to help them overcome health outcomes or health challenges or better manage them we keep people out of hospitals we lower hospital readmission right. rates, we keep them in their homes, we give them a better quality of life. It's, you can feed someone for six months for the average cost of one day stay at a hospital. So, you know, when you Jeez. think about that, it, yeah. you realize that a, a medically appropriate meal intervention, which is really what we offer here, is a low cost investment. It truly is a low cost investment. It's a smart investment. Right. And, and, and that's, well, that goes back to, like you're saying, education. And, you know, when you, it's interesting how, yes, there's nutrition classes in school, but I mean, to have like a nutrition coach to actually analyze what you're doing and to really get you to, as students, to think about these sort of things, these are life tools that, that probably would make a huge difference. Like you look down the line, if we, if we can educate the kids coming out of high school now and get them in good habits, then 
40, 50, 60 years later, that's less hospitalization. I mean, it's, it's things like that, you, you know. Start people young. Start people yeah. young. You know, uh, sadly, there's not a lot of nutrition taught in elementary and high schools. Um, no. I, I will say that open hand for our cooking matters classes are, are beginning to do, to do more and more uh, cooking classes actually in school systems. Um, so that's love cool because that home ex is, is pretty much gone now, right? I mean, I, I, I was right. one of the last people that had a typewriter class. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you not to age myself too much. But yes, I did. There was a typewriter class when I was in middle school or so. You went from your typewriter class to your woodshop class, right? Yeah, and then yeah. I got to share this because this is this is hilarious. I found this the other day when I was in co sorry when I was in high school. I started a company, and this was my business card. I found my business card. Uh, Notice on the bottom right it says Beeper. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Um, oh man. Anyway, sorry to, to digress there, but so a lot of a lot of people to feed. We're talking about education. Before I move on, I want to say one thing. One thing that you said that's just been like hanging in my head. A hundred years ago, or let's even 70 years ago, fast food was not what it is today. And today, it's what feeds the majority of our country. I have a belief that we can change that because if it could change in the last 70 years, it could change in the next 70 years. And it might not be in our lifetime. It's probably not going to be, but we can... We, you know, like these built just because the buildings are here doesn't mean they're going to be here forever. We don't know what the landscape's going to look like in a hundred years, and I, I think that's something that we we're so we get so used to being in our bubble, in our world. How this is this is how it is, but it doesn't mean it has to be that way, and that it's always going to be. So that well way. said. So well said. I will say that you know we still have a long way to go as a society, oh, yeah. but uh, healthy food is becoming more of the national dialogue. Like it's, you know, 10 years ago, I probably couldn't have gotten a, a, a meeting with a hospital CEO or a medical director. And now they, they seek, you know, open hand out to see how we might help their patients. So the needle is slowly changing, uh -huh. um, but, but you're, you're spot on, you know, I, I'm also a believer in moderation, right? Like we're, yeah. we, we all going to have our cheat days and, and that's okay. But in general, you know, we, we need to be cooking at home more often, right? And using fresh, healthy ingredients. Um, or if you don't cook, and I don't, you can get on our Good Measure meal plan at Open Hand because we yeah. cook and package up healthy meals that are delicious and sell them online. So it's an e-commerce product to the paying public. And 100% of the net proceeds go back yeah. to support our community nutrition program. So we're, we're oh, being so innovative. Good. It's called Good There's Measure Meals. a friend of meals. mine who's, what's it called? I'm sorry? A good Measure Meals. Good Measure Meals. I have to check this out because I was talking to a friend of mine who's in his late 50s, early, mid 50s. We'll call it mid 50s. He's uh, single and uh, lives on his own and is just completely a mess. Just like, I mean, to him, <laughs> cooking a meal is making an omelet. Right. With bacon and all this other stuff in it, which, you know, fine. But, but like. You know, it's all fast. It's not even all fast food. It's all just fried food and stuff. I'm like, man, like yeah. you got you live in an apartment complex. Go use a treadmill across, you know, in the gym for a half hour a day and get on a meal program like the one you're talking about. So at least you're eating healthy. You don't have to think about it. If you're not going to cook, then eat healthy. Amen. So, you know what? Amen. Um, He's not alone. He's not yeah. alone. I mean, there's you know, here's here's the sad truth. If Americans would eat better stop smoking and exercise just a little bit more, our life expectancy would be so much greater in our quality of life. 
We spend more as a country on healthcare um, than just about any other country in the, on the globe. And yet we have some of the worst health outcomes of any country as, as rich and as resourced as we are in this country, we have some of the worst health outcomes of any country on the globe. And, uh, you know, we need not look further than our food supply. Yeah, it's it's the same thing with mental health. Anything when it comes down to it, it's we are we are our worst enemy <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason that is. Uh, but ah, that's I mean, I'm in my 40s and my group of friends, we, we talk all, you know, I've got my friends that I've been friends with for years. And in our 40s, we started getting healthy, it's, you know, actually running and just doing all these you know, eating healthy and doing yoga and like all this stuff. And it's like, you know what? My belly's not going anywhere. It, that, right. It's just not. But I, and we, and we, we share this ideology that like, you know what though? It's not like what we're doing now is, is going to save us down the road yeah. and give us a little, give us, you know, I want, I don't want to be, I don't want to be walking with oxygen and, uh, <laughs> you know, in my seventies. Right. And so, right. Um, and, and if you've got kids, your kids don't want to, to, you know, they want, you have a responsibility if you're a parent yeah. to model good behavior, but also to be around for your children, you know, to. Well, yeah. Well, you were talking about right. education. I was thinking about that also with my son and, and others. It's so important that we, you know, listen, when I was a kid in middle school, I would come home from school. I'd make two grilled cheeses and drink two Coca-Colas. Now that was just, that was okay. Like that was normal. Right. That's not normal in my household now. Like, you know, that's not happening with my son. And, you know, like we, we teach good habits and and I'm, I'm fortunate my kid likes to eat healthy like he'll choose the healthy option on the menu you yeah. know like would you yeah. like that burger with fries he's like oh do you have any vegetables or and it's like whoa <laughs> so that's would a win that? but not yeah. all kids are that way and i get that um when, when, you, when you one other quick question though is uh locally sourced vegetables and and food are you locally sourcing your stuff or is it where are you yeah. getting majority of your um so sometimes uh, food, yeah. we're, a, we're able to locally source. So as an example, for those cooking matters classes that I talked about, right. um, we can source locally source fruits and vegetables. Um, and I'll give a shout out to a wonderful um, not-for-profit provider called The Common Market here in town. Yeah. They broker relationships between agencies like Open Hand and farmers. So we, we can actually support local growers. And they're called Common Market. Um, but the reality is, is the in the volume of food that we're mm -hmm. providing, mm -hmm. um, we we have to go to the big companies, the, the U.S. Foods of the world and the Cisco, yeah. because yeah. the local providers can't meet the volume that and and the seasonal uh, right. requirements right. that we have, right? And so we're working on it. Um, you know, the the I have to think about the balance between our sustainability. Because right. also those locally sourced foods typically are a little bit more expensive, right? And so I've got to I've got to weigh that with, um, you know, I've got to I've got to keep the doors open and the and the lights on, and mm -hmm. and people employed in order to do all of this great work. And so, but we have a real desire to use more locally sourced um, vendors. I will say we also do here a grocery bag program at Open Hand, which we call Market Basket. So. Um, and it includes a lot of healthy ingredients, including a lot of fruits and vegetables for people who want to cook for themselves and are healthy enough to cook for themselves and would prefer that rather than one of our prepared meals. And so um, for those market baskets, we're able to source those foods from local vendors. That's um, great. And hopefully now, we'll, we'll do more of that moving forward. 
Now you talked a little bit about the costs and we talked about all the staff. I gotta ask you, where's the magic tree that's uh, got money growing off of it? How, how do you all for, I mean, pay for all this? Where's this money? Uh, grants, uh, individual donation? Can you talk a little bit about where the funding comes? Yeah, well, it definitely takes more than one money tree, right? And so, um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> the, I think every not-for-profit strives to have a diverse revenue base, right? Because you don't want to be completely reliant on philanthropy, although philanthropy is very important, and, and we do indeed rely on it. But, you know, if you're so reliant on philanthropy, philanthropy can have a good year and can have a bad year, mm-hmm. and you're likely not to, to, to sustain for the long run. And so at Open Hand, we have our social enterprise, which I just mentored, mentioned, goodmeasuremeals.com. You can order healthy meal plans online, delivered right to your front door, and you can feel good to know that 100% of the net proceeds go back to help fuel the engine that that feeds open hands, um, financial, our bottom line, right? But the other, the other aspect beyond philanthropy and beyond our social enterprise are these contracts that I'm talking about. So our clients do have funding streams attached to them, the Medicaid waivers, the Ryan White funding, the Older Americans Act funding. Um, but again, those funds don't completely cost cover the cost of what we provide. So we raise dollars philanthropically. And that's a very important part of our business model, right? It's not only the donations that we count on from our base of donors. And I'm, I'm so we're so grateful to live in Atlanta, Georgia, which is one of the most generous cities philanthropy-wise in the country. Yeah. Um, but we also benefit from volunteers who come into our kitchen and come into our packing area and they give of themselves free, you know, that's free labor and that keeps our labor costs down while also providing them with an opportunity to feel good about giving back and giving of themselves and having a really fun time doing it, by the way. I mean, you you come into our packing room and you're helping to pack meals on an assembly line and you're wearing this goofy hairnet, right? And Ah, oh, Laverne and Shirley style. Clothes. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Lucy and Ethel episode when you're on oh, that yeah. assembly line, The bomb-bombs right? are... So, <laughs> Um, and it's a blast. I mean, we've had people who um, who come to meet other people to date, and we we're proud of that. Like, you know, we don't talk about how we are a dating service, but we've had people meet on the packing line and then later on get engaged and married, right? So, where do I sign up to volunteer? Oh, yeah, openhandalanta.org. Okay, <laughs> great way to meet people, um, and it's also just a great way for. It's a, a lot of companies like to come in with their teams because I was going to ask that. That's great. Okay, so yeah, that that's fantastic. I love hearing that. And then, is it is it twenty one and up, or can people bring families and and whatnot? If there are parents or company, um, yeah, I believe now we are allowing people sixteen years of age and up if they are accompanied okay. by a parent, right? If they're driving, um, if they are delivering meals, again, they have to be accompanied by a, a legal guardian. So. Gotcha. So, but we love it when families come together. And, and a lot of parents will bring their kids to volunteer and go deliver a meal because it helps them to see another side of life, right? I mean, a, a lot of the neighborhoods that we uh, provide meals to the residents there look very much different than the neighborhood I grew up in Dunwoody, Georgia, right? Well, let me let me throw something here because I wouldn't be your auctioneer if I didn't share an insight. Um, I could tell you that, folks, if you are a school and you're trying to raise money, there's a way to do it, not just your gala. Not Yes, you do your gala. Yes, you do your auction. But do week-long 
activations have each class okay each class goes ahead and has a teacher or, or a team you know a parent that's the leader of that class and you and you run a contest for who can do the most whatever it is exercise one day you know different days but one of those days is a community outreach day and contact open hand atlanta and be a volunteer see how many meals you can pack in that day how many deliveries can you do in, in that day how many parents can deliver with their kids and something like that there's a lot of ways to be creative about it but um love it yeah a lot of ways Absolutely to do love it. it well i know uh we're over time but this has been a, a great conversation i really enjoy talking with you i know that you've got an event coming up um can you talk a little bit about party in the kitchen Oh, I love to talk about Party in the Kitchen. It is a party, and it's coming up on uh, September 30th. Um, this is a kick-ass party. It's, it includes wonderful chefs from wonderful restaurants all throughout Metro Atlanta who are bringing their incredible cuisine for people to sample. The libations will be flowing. Uh, there's great dance music. There's a wonderful auction. It is chaired by this incredible group of community leaders, including Helen Carlos and Carmen Teitelman, who both are board members at Open Hand and, and very engaged. And, and these women are warriors. They are they are planning the best party, um, you know. And and then their co-chairs are these incredible celebrity chefs. It's hard to live in oh, Atlanta and you not have heard of Chef Kevin Rathbun and Chef Wait, Jerry. Who? Hmm, never heard uh, of him. Right? Who, who are they? <laughs> <laughs> I, I delivered meals with uh, uh, Chef Rathburn the other day, um, and I'm not short. I'm about you know five eleven and a half, which I rounded up to six feet, of course, right? The <laughs> male ego, but he towers over me by a foot wide, you know, or oh, fit, well, yeah, foot tall a foot wide. Yeah, just a giant of guys, and his heart, you know, is is as big as as his uh, stature. So we love those yeah. guys. It's going to be a great party, um, and and. We could use those funds more than ever, I will say. You know, the supply chain issues that the country mm -hmm. is facing uh, are causing a lot of inflation. Uh, we're, we're now paying double the price for chicken than we were three months ago. Uh, so that's that interesting hurts. because that there was a whole, I'm, geez, remember last year, right around this time, there was the, or maybe right before, anyway, right, when after March COVID hit, there was like a whole like, uh, meat shortage, everyone thought, and then they rushed to the stores to get all the meat. But I didn't see it, and I actually don't eat meat as much as I used to. But um, but I I didn't I don't remember seeing the difference, and I haven't I haven't really been buying meat, I, so I don't I don't see the difference at all now. But you're saying there's it's significantly up. Is that in the? Oh yeah, all across, huh? You know, there there's just so many. Um, it's, it really boils down to supply chain issues. People are having a hard time distributing food and sourcing food. Um, and Why are they having a hard time distributing? Well, so, so there's so many products that are shipped from other distribution places like around the country, mm -hmm. uh, outside of the country. Well, there, there's not enough containers. You know, the pandemic put this incredible um, uh, pressure on distribution, right? And so as, as people shut down and needed to have things delivered to their homes, just as one example. Um, people have been out of work. Uh, so food has been in, in shorter supply. So those food mm. prices are going up. Um, it is, there are chemicals. Uh, here, here's an example. The meal trays that we, our food is, is delivered in, are made with a chemical that is sourced in China. Well, the food manufacturers are also of those trays are, are located in China. They mm -hmm. can't get access to that chemical. 
And yet they've had a huge demand for these trays as more and more companies are having to deliver their food from restaurants to right. home. Uh, and so now to try and purchase a food tray is twice the cost that it used to be. Those are costs that we're mm -hmm. having to absorb in our operations and it hurts. And so that's, see, that's interesting that you don't I mean, when you think about the packaging, you don't think about often we don't think about we just think about what's in it. We don't think about yeah. all that like that's that makes that makes a lot of sense. So, so right. thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the more reason why party in the kitchen is as important as ever this year. We, we rely a lot on those funds to, to keep us going and to keep this mission going. And so uh, anybody interested in attending can go to partyinthekitchen.org. Um, there's different levels of ticket prices, and we'd love to see you there. It's, it's going to be a great party. And I'm just going to take a wild guess. Maybe a sponsor is interested. They can go there as well. Oh, twist our arm. Yeah, we would, <laughs> <laughs> we would love to have a sponsor. And we roll out the red carpet for our for the sponsors and you know we, we've got all kind of little added benefits for for those who step up to that level and we'd, we'd greatly appreciate it yeah well matt this has been awesome i really enjoyed chatting with you i feel like we could chat even longer but um uh before i let you go uh just like with every episode is there a nonprofit organization in atlanta that you'd like to recommend to be a future guest on coffee connections yeah oh i'd love to i mean there's there's so many i could select from because I'm, I'm blessed to have an incredible support group of not-for-profit CEOs. You know, we're, we're a tight new, tight new, uh, knit group in this, uh -huh. in this community, but I am going to give a shout out to my really great friend, Dorothy Davis, who's the CEO of visiting nurse health services. Oh, okay. uh, she's one of the most visionary and courageous leaders in our community and visiting nurse health services are doing so much incredible work. Uh, she gives a great interview. I think she'd be a fun discussion. So, Awesome. Well, I appreciate the introduction. Thank you so much <clears throat> for sharing and doing all that you do. Oh, one last question. How long have you been with the organization? I meant to ask you in the beginning. 12 years. I started when wow. I was five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, <laughs> the organization's uh, lucky to have you, uh, you know, leading charge there. And um, thank you again for your time, folks. Please go to openhandalana.org, learn more about the organization. Uh, we will see you here actually next week on Thursday on uh, the 29th with, ah, uh, yeah, Camp Twin Lakes. Camp Twin Lakes. Uh, you're listening to Coffee Connections. Everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks.